More news on the ongoing war between Apple and Greenbubbles. Insomniac got hacked and had everything leaked, and AMD is finally succeeding. Let's get into the hot news. It's Wednesday, December 20th, and we're going to start off today talking about the Beeper iMessage situation that has been going around for a while. In case you're unfamiliar, Beeper reverse engineered how iMessage works so that you could bring iMessage over to Android, which is something that Apple has decidedly not wanted to do for a long time. But Apple quickly figured out how Beeper was doing all of this, blocked that off. Beeper came out with a different solution, blocked that off. And now with the latest solution, it seems like like Beeper can finally have some rest, but it comes with a major caveat. So the way it was working was Beeper had a Mac server farm, which had your identification information or registration data with Apple that was sent back and forth with a whole host of devices that Beeper had. Apple found out that Beeper was using that and struck that down. So now in order to use iMessage on Android, you have to have your own Mac in order to be able to do all of that because it requires you to authenticate with an Apple device. So this is a sort of roundabout way of giving people the ability to use iMessage on Android, but a lot of people are getting frustrated that this is roughly no better than just buying into Apple's ecosystem in the first place. It's frustrating for a lot of individuals who wanted the ability to have encrypted messages from Android over to iPhone before RCS rolls out later next year in 2024, but it appears that everybody is going to have to wait for that to happen. Let me know if this bums you out and whether or not you are using Beeper down below in the comments while I let you know about today's video sponsor. Today's video is sponsored by Vanta. Vanta is a compliance automation and trust management platform that helps businesses of all size manage risk, improve security in real time. Being responsible for security at a startup can be overwhelming, and that's where Vanta's continuous monitoring comes in. Vanta automates compliance monitoring for your most critical programs and workflows. By streamlining vendor security reviews and asset discovery, you can quickly find and eliminate points of unauthorized access and proactively address potential threats. And because Vanta automates up to 90% of the work for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more, you'll be able to focus on strategy and security, not maintaining compliance. You can see why over 6,000 companies like Chili Piper, Patch, and Autodesk use Vanta to manage risk, improve security in real time. So you can click our link in the video description, vanta.com forward slash UFD, to watch Vanta's three-minute demo video. Again, big thanks to Vanta for sponsoring today's video. Check out their three-minute demo video down below at vanta.com forward slash UFD. And what people checked out was a ton of data that came out from Insomniac with a hack that happened recently. We discussed this in a previous episode of Hot News that some hackers got their hands on over a terabyte of data, which included a bunch of stuff, including future game roadmaps, as well as leaked gameplay and even Unreal Engine 5 playable versions of some of these games. And if Insomniac and or Sony did not pay $2 million, this hacker group was going to release it. Insomniac Insomniac did not give in, and so all of this data is now public, which a lot of other game devs have expressed that they are sorry that this happened to Insomniac. A lot of work went into a lot of these games, and to have it spoiled like this is problematic, but the worst part about this is that there is a lot of personal data of individual developers over at Insomniac who had things like their passport, social security numbers, and a bunch of other private info that was leaked. So there's a big problem with that, which is highly unfortunate. I think when it comes to the actual game, 
releases very much with GTA 6. It honestly increases the hype for a lot of stuff that's going on, including the fact that the Wolverine game is supposed to come out sometime in 2026. Before that, there is going to be a Venom game that's supposed to be happening. Also, Insomniac is supposed to be working on X-Men games as well as an untitled future IP, and they also will not get to Ratchet and Clank until 2029. But also in this information was how much money Sony is actually making off of PC games with them showing that they are selling millions of units and as of February of this year Horizon Zero Dawn was the best selling PlayStation game that is currently on PC. God of War trailing slightly behind that despite the fact that it launched two years later and you can see a lot of the games that are lower than Horizon Zero Dawn haven't had as much time on the market so it does show that Sony is going to sell a lot of these games on PC and is likely the reason why it's very easy to get a PC port funded. If it's under $30 million it just requires an email approval and that's exactly what happened with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. It didn't require much for them to make it. If it's more than that, it needs some higher up approval. But unfortunately, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart was a commercial failure, at least according to the financials that were leaked here. And it just showed that Ratchet and Clank did not earn enough to actually make up for the development costs. Potentially, that might change as the PC version stays out. But that could also help to explain why we are not getting a new Ratchet and Clank game until 2029. But what you'll be getting right now is Reese with deals. Yo, welcome back to TFT Deals, bringing the hottest tech deals on the internet, and hey, deals. Starting off today, we have the Epos H6 Pro wired gaming headset available in racing green, which is my personal favorite color because it's kind of like Springbok colors. For those of you who don't know, that's our national rugby team. And you can pick up this variant for only $89.99, making it $90 off. Then next up, we have this InnoCN 13.3 inch 1080p 60Hz OLED portable monitor. As you guys know, I'm a huge fan of portable monitors. I have one right here. It makes it nice and easy to come visit family and not have to take a whole giant screen with me. And you can pick this one up for only $119.99 with the coupon applied, making it $80 off. But then lastly, we have the Thermaltake C750TG, which is their EATX full tower case, available for only $119.99, making it $80 off. And with that, the deals are done. You can find these and more linked in the video description down below. But until next time, I'm gonna hand you off back to Brad for the rest of your hot news. Cheers. Samsung's got a deal for you, and that's if you have one of their foldable devices. They have added those into their self-repair program, which allows you to actually repair your devices yourself. This now rolls out to things like the Z Flip 5 and Z Fold 5, and it's good to see more and more companies adopting that. Intel adopting the stance that they aren't gonna change what they said that they're gonna do. We have reports that Battlemage is still on the roadmap, still supposed to be launching sometime in 2024, and that nothing as real change when it comes to the next generation of Intel GPUs, which I'm happy to see. And I'm also happy to see that AMD has recovered from their slump that they were in towards the end of last year and the beginning of this year. Ryzen 7000 was met with limited fanfare, at least in the consumer market, simply because of the high prices of something like the 7600X being $300. The cheapest B650 motherboard on the market was like $250. DDR5 RAM was very expensive. So to upgrade to the Ryzen 7000, you were looking at a minimum cost of roughly seven, eight hundred dollars but that has now changed and you can even see it in reported financials coming out from some PC sellers over in Korea with a compilation of data showing that B650 has now outstripped B550 by a considerable margin. It first happened in August of this year, but now in December, B650 has taken over with 34% of the market share of AMD's motherboards being sold and B550 has collapsed down to 17.67, which is down from nearly 50% 
of the total market sales. So B650 is not quite up that high. A620 not really in this conversation. Neither is something like X670. So it does seem like B650 is the motherboard chipset that people are buying. And for good reason, you don't really need more feature sets than that. And then also additionally, one of the things to help explain this chart is the fact that the 7600 got launched. They do have the 7500F in certain markets. I do believe it's available in Korea. But the big launch that happened was the 7800X3D. Many people waiting for that chip that got down to as low as 299. At some points, AMD purely crushing it on the value perspective now, where for that six to $700 price point, that used to be the minimum entry level for the 7600. Now you can spend that much and get a 7800X3D setup. So it's way faster. And then also getting something like the 7600 puts you closer to three, $400 if you get a good deal on the motherboard, but also showing where the motherboard brand loyalty lies. And companies like MSI and Asus having some high peaks earlier on this year, but now Gigabyte is being the dominant market there. ASRock staying steady at roughly 13 to 14 percentage points. But one of the reasons for that, if you go and look at B650 motherboards from Gigabyte, a lot of them, at least here in the US, are under $130, $120. They're very affordable, which helps to explain why many people are picking up Gigabyte motherboards. Let me know if you've upgraded to Ryzen 7000 recently. What brand motherboard did you end up going with? I want to hear from you down below. You can also see another breakdown of AMD's market share with tons of motherboards being sold for AMD. Very few comparatively of Intel being sold as well. AMD is back. Intel had a good time with 13th gen with Raptor Lake because things like the 13100, 13400 were beating the snot out of AMD when it came to the bang for buck side of things. But now AMD has turned that around with cheaper motherboard pricing, cheaper chip pricing, and Intel kind of stepping on themselves with the lackluster 14th gen launch. But you guys never lackluster, which is why you leave a ton of comments. So let's get into the comment response. We got Obscene Lobster saying, gotta love the irony of Apple shutting down Beepru's efforts, all while violating a patent with their watches. Not saying one side is right or wrong, just really funny. I agree. Me too. Thank you. Do we miss Kyle already? If I ever do a Kyle, yep. <laughs> we got Octagonal Square saying, oh, so Nvidia was full of it when they said FSR 3.0 isn't compatible with the 30 series? Color me surprised. With the clarification coming in from Ice Ninja that they meant to say DLSS 3, Nvidia never said anything about FSR 3. It is compatible with FSR 3. The mod works by kind of converting DLSS 3 into FSR 3. It's, it's not exactly that Nvidia lied. It's just FSR 3 and the conversion is working than doing it natively on a 40 series. NVIDIA could have put in a little bit more dev work to make it available to previous generations, even if it wasn't quite up to the same quality. Then we got Timothy Mine saying, I've been using FSR2 mod on almost all of my VR games with my 4090 as it seems to function way better than any DLSS mod I've tried. I wish the DLSS would work, but it never seems to in VR. Even on games it is in without modding it. I don't care for DLSS3 and FSR3 as the frame generation stuff causes too much lag for VR. Not a fun time. Interesting. That's a good perspective. I don't have a ton of experience playing VR games, but it's interesting to hear that AMD is working better in that arena. I've heard a lot of reports that AMD's GPUs tend to be a bit more stable. I might be getting that backwards. Let me know if you're a, a VR PC gamer, what setup you're using down below in the comments. And then we got Dr. Kriegsgrave saying, first of all, thank you for mansplaining me about DisplayPort 2.1 some weeks ago. Secondly, thank you for having a comment read section on your video. Show us how much you care about your viewers. And finally, yes, it's Mangia, pronounced like the Spanish word for sleeve. Google Translate will help you on that. Godspeed. Dr. Kriegsgrave. 
Grave, I can't tell if you're being facetious or not. You said mansplain, which typically is a derogatory like phraseology, but then it sounds like you actually like this, so I'm baffled. But now I do know how to say manga. And then we got Sasquatch closing this off saying, you guys descent down the Uranus hole reminded me of the cannonball. Yeah, in case you missed the cannonball this year, we stopped at Uranus in middle of nowhere, Missouri. Dixon, Missouri. The Dixon Uranus Missouri theme park is where we stopped. And in case you're wondering what's going on here, we are traveling for my son to participate in some medical stuff. We have to be in the hospital tomorrow. I don't know where Hot News is going to be filmed there, but I was able to record in the hotel room prior to us being at the hospital tomorrow. So pardon our noise and thank you for allowing me to have a job that I could take with me on my road. On the road. My road. It's mine now. Okay, bye.